to the Live Revolutionary Podcast, and I am your host, Vanessa Cruz. Listen, before we dig into today's topic, make sure to check out episode five. Episode five deals with worrying about mistakes. So if you find that you are preoccupied with potentially making a mistake or after you make a mistake, you're dealing with all this anxiety, all these uh all this fear of what ifs, what's gonna happen, or you're a professional boxer and you beat yourself up after you make a mistake, you are definitely not gonna want to miss episode five. Today's topic is going to focus on fear. I don't know about you all, but I have never been one of those people that had, like, they focused on one word for the year, you know? I didn't start that until last year, 2016. And 2016, my year was faith, uh, was focusing on faith. And so this year, this year, my word is fearlessness. I want to be fearless because I am so sick and tired of fear. You know, in certain areas of my life, I feel like fear has been punking me. Fear has raised its ugly head and was like, what are you going to do about it? Huh? What are you going to do about it? And I'm like, "Mm, I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm actually just going to go sit down. And I'm tired of being that person. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be that person. I want fear to try to punk me. And I'm like, no, dude, you better sit down and take a back seat because I'm going to walk in my calling, I'm going to walk in my purpose in life, and I'm going to stand in faith. And so if you want to go on a journey with me, see, sometimes I'm going to talk about things that I feel like I've overcome. And I want to help you overcome that too. And I want to equip you with tools and insight. Um, But I feel like, you know what, why don't you come along with me on this journey of overcoming fear? And so When I am focused on like, okay, what is this thing? How do I get past it? I do a whole bunch of research on it, Um, both psychologically, because that's just kind of how I'm wired. I need to know what is this thing? What is causing it? And then I want to know what the Bible says about it. And then I want to know how to spiritually approach it. And really, that is the mission of my podcast, um, to attack certain things from a psychological, biblical, and spiritual perspective. Why? So that we can live revolutionary. And so that's my mission. Um, Come with me on this journey of figuring out what is this fear? I'm tired of it being elusive, like me not completely understanding what this thing fear is, but we all know how it feels, right? So I want you to think of the last time you were asked to do something out of your comfort zone and you felt afraid. Just for a moment, think of what was the last thing that somebody asked you to do and you experienced that that fear, that automatic hesitation? Was it standing and talking in front of people? What will they say? What will they think? Was it standing up for yourself and sharing your feelings? What if they shoot me down? Is it making that move or taking that test and potentially failing? You know how it feels. It's like an automatic hesitation, like you're paralyzed for just a moment and you're like automatically thinking why this is not a good idea. That, that is the feeling that I am sick and tired of. And I don't want to have a second thought 
when I'm asked to do something out of my comfort zone and not out of stupidity, like, oh, I don't care. Sure. But like, no, like, yes, I'm going to do that because, and, and it's out of assurance, out of, out of assurance of knowing who I am in Christ. So if you want to feel that way too, stay tuned. So it all started because I started, uh, well, I, I mean, I've been praying about fear for such a long time. You know, it comes in seasons and I felt like there was a new season um, approaching, especially with, with 2017. And I started praying about fear again. And I was praying these very like desperate prayers, like, Lord, please remove, Lord, every ounce, every ounce of fear in me, God, like just complete deliverance. And I started feeling like I was like, "Mm, I'm not going to do that. And when I started sensing that, I was like, that's interesting. (laughs) I wonder why. And so I decided to sort of buckle down and start doing some real research, both biblically, psychologically, even biologically on the effects of fear. And so number one, God will never get rid of all of our fear. Why? (laughs) Well, not... Well, because it's actually a primary emotion. And so, I mean, if anybody has ever watched Inside Out, you'll know that fear is a primary emotion and we all need it. Every fear is, should be found in every healthy brain. So that's number one. Number two, God will never totally deliver us from fear because God uses trials, our weaknesses to produce in us perseverance and endurance. So every time we conquer a fear, it produces faith for the next battle because you're just a little bit more sure. You're just a little bit more confident like, oh, well, I got over that thing. So it is possible through victory in Christ, through my authority in Christ, through Uh, The spirit that God gave me, which is not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, through that spirit, I know that I can indeed conquer this next battle. And so that's why he won't, I mean, it's all about the journey. It's all about the growth in that journey. And it's all about God developing our character because we're on this, this pilgrim's progress, right, of conforming into the image of Christ Jesus. And so... You know, that's just like a child coming up to a parent and, and saying, hey, you know, could you, um, I don't feel like studying for this. Could you just go ahead and just take the test for me? Any good parent would be like, <laughs> I could do that, certainly, but I'm not going to do it because it would be unfair of me to do that to you. A parent would not be parenting in a healthy way, if they're just removing every possible possibility of failure in a child's life, they, you know, it's like they need to build an immune system to fear. And that only happens by trial and error. And so we need fear in our life, these trials of fear, not the, not necessarily the emotion of fear, I'll get to that in a second, but these trials of fear so that it can produce in us sort of an immune system to fear. We start um, understanding it a little bit better. We know that um, it, it's really not as fearsome. It's really not as, as 
big as it seems. Fear sometimes seems so big, like it's it's something that we can't conquer. But through Christ, we can, and it actually becomes much smaller the more that we confront it and the more that we address it. So let's talk a little bit about the psychology and biology of fear, okay? So I just said that fear actually is a primary emotion. We need that thing, okay? God's original design and intention for the emotion of fear was to act as an alarm system, okay? It is like a trigger switch for our fight or flight response. So we need that. Fear is vital response to physical and emotional danger. If we didn't feel it, we could not protect ourselves from legitimate threats, okay? So fear was created to actually protect us, not harm us. Isn't that wild? So think about it. If we didn't have the emotion of fear, we we actually, humanity wouldn't have survived for very long. Um, fear is what allows us, what keeps us from walking into, you know, the middle of the street onto oncoming traffic or stepping off rooftops or, I mean, anything wild, crazy and dangerous. Like fears is what sort of helps us carefully measure like, hmm, should I do this or not? Okay. It's intended, again, to protect us by fueling our body for action, okay? Think about it. You're in the middle of the railroad tracks. Your car got stopped. You can't get over the hump. There is a train that is coming, and it's going to collide with your vehicle. What do you do? Fear tells us to snap into action. Adrenaline is dumped into your system. You, you begin to carefully measure Am I going to have time? All of a sudden, you're a mathematician. You're measuring all in your mind. Am I going to have time to get this vehicle out of the train's way? Or do I have to get out of this vehicle and run? Okay, so it, again, it snaps us into action. So the purpose of fear is actually to make us act. So you might be saying, well, if that's the case, how come when I feel afraid, all I'm thinking about doing is retreating, like not doing this thing. Um, I feel like just like a hesitation. I feel paralyzed. Well, that's because you can bet that with every good thing we have on this earth, evil has perverted it somehow or evil has corrupted it somehow. So what was God's original intention has been corrupted and marred by sin. So I think that most of us understand that we live in a fallen world. And what I mean by that is that um, when sin entered the world, it corrupted the earth. We have earthquakes. Um, we have natural disasters, right? Um, the environment is breaking down. There's all sorts of signs that really the earth is is kind of dying, right? And then we know that we live in a fallen world because sin has affected our bodies, right? So Adam and Eve were originally created to um, live forever, to, to walk with God. But once sin entered the world, aging came into play and sickness came into play, right? So if sin has corrupted the earth, it has corrupted uh, the animals, it has corrupted human beings through our body, then why would it stop there? Sin has also corrupted um, our emotions. Sin has corrupted our mind, which is why we have mental illness. 
And so that's why our fear switch has it's um it's kind of short wired like it's going a little haywire we're getting we're experiencing fear in areas that we're not supposed to um it's when we feel fear for reasons that are that are outside of being in imminent danger then that fear has that switch has been messed up it needs to be rewired the indication of fear is saying oh, this is a perceived threat this is a perceived threat. You, you need to get away. You, you can't do this thing. So remember earlier, I asked you to think about that one thing that causes you to fear that one thing that, that is outside of your comfort zone, that reaction, that reaction is saying to your body, this, you are in grave danger. This is a perceived threat because of how you think about it. And so that's why you're experiencing that fear. But that's, that's not what, what it was for. See, that thing that you think might actually be harming you really won't harm you. Um, and I believe that the enemy uses that. He wants you to believe that if you do that thing out of your comfort zone, you're liable to be killed. You are liable to be, um, you know, the talk of the town. People are going to make fun of you or you're going to be a failure. And so he'll use those lies against you and use the original intent of fear against you. So let me put it like this. Whenever you encounter something that is triggering your fight or flight response, and it's not like a semi coming at you, then you should ask yourself, why do I see this as a perceived threat? Why do I see this as a dangerous situation? Why is it that I'm experiencing fear right now? It's most likely because of what you anticipate coming from that thing that you, you may want to do, but you feel like you can't. So let's talk a little bit about the effects of unhealthy fear, because I think it's uh, important to understand what the original intent of fear was, what has gone wrong, and now, what are the effects of fear so that we can truly appreciate how serious this is? There was this pastor who treated his cow well and had a real affection for her. Okay, yes, I'm talking about animals right now. And sh they found that the babies of the neighborhood that were brought up on the milk of this cow thrived in a way in which other babies did not. So treating the cow in a Christian way like giving it some dignity, giving it some respect, loving on her, um, actually made the cow produce a better quality of milk. Okay, but check this out. Another study showed that, again, this is the effects of fear on animals right now. There was um, this chicken breeder, they're called chicken fanciers, okay? When he died, the hens would not lay eggs for a long time until they got used to the new keeper. They were frightened and worried. Keywords, okay? They were frightened and worried. So in essence, because of the change and because of fear and worry, it actually made the chickens infertile. That's crazy. Another experiment showed that Superior turkeys cannot be raised unless they are treated kindly and are in the charge of one person who always dresses in a certain way. So, But if a stranger frightens and worries them, 
then they become stunted. So fear and worry can stunt animals. If worry and anxiety can stunt chickens um, in their in their fertility and turkeys in their growth, think of I can't even imagine what it's doing to us and adults. So I did some more research. For adults who deal with chronic fear, it can mess with our physical health. Fear weakens our immune system and can cause cardiovascular damage, gastrointestinal problems um, like irritable bowel syndrome or ulcers because fear actually secretes um, a particular acid into our stomach every time where we fear. Um, And it can lead to accelerated aging and even premature death. Like, I don't know about you, but all of this is like, I need to get rid of this fear, okay? It can mess with our memory. Fear can impair our long-term memories. So fear can actually um, sort of damage and corrupt our, our memory system, where our core memories are, and cause damage to certain parts of our brain. So this can make it even more difficult to regulate fear and can leave us more anxious more of the time. So, and so what that means is it's going to skew the way that we see the world. So to someone in chronic fear, the world is always going to look scary and the memories will, and our memories will only confirm that. Fear also messes with our brain processing and reactivity. So fear can interrupt the processes in our brain that allow us to even regulate our emotion or, or read nonverbal cues. And so we're always going to be thinking fearfully, like somebody's out to get us or, or uh, they're talking about me, okay? Um, because fear is corrupting all of our, our emotions and our memories. Um, so it's going to corrupt how we actually um, take on information that's presented to us. And, and it won't help us, ref- it won't, we can't reflect before acting or even act ethically. So it impacts our thinking and decision-making in negative ways. And it leaves us susceptible to very intense emotions that are sometimes, it sounds like just false. Um, and then obviously it can affect our mental health. Um, PTSD, the, the root of PTSD is fear, is that fear switch having gone really, really wrong. Um, and, and, you know, that can leave us with some long-term fear, including fatigue and, and clinical depression. So uh, why am I saying all of this? Because I want to freak you out. I, I, my goal is that I've created some fear about how fearsome fear is. You see what I did there? Um, why? Because this is serious. Fear has, you know, not only is fear most likely keeping you from your purpose, from your calling, from operating in your gifts, but it's damaging our brain, our memories, our emotions, and our bodies. So fear is probably one of the most untreated um, problems in the world. According to the Depression Association of America, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, affecting 18% of the population. And that's only how many people have actually reported that. So worry, anxiety, and fear. We need to to work at it. Um, We need to invite God into it because it's paralyzing us. It's squelching our skills, our gifts, our drive. It is totally inhibiting us from moving forward. 
So I want to make a distinction about the healthy fear that we've been talking about, God's original intention for fear, um, by hardwiring us with this primary emotion of fear, and and now bringing in um, the distinction that we also see in the Bible, because there is this thing called the fear of the Lord, right? And we know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So there's the fear of the Lord, but then there's fear of man. What are, you know, caring about what other people think, or there's fear of poverty or fear of sickness or fear of death. Okay. And so we start seeing that, wait a second. So there's some good fear, right? And we've been talking about that in an emotional sense, but now the Bible is talking about that. There's a fear. There's a fear that's good. There's a fear that brings wisdom, but then there's a fear that causes us to want to bury our talents. And so we can see why the enemy would want to use this hardwired emotion that we have inside of us and twist it for his gain. Because if he can, if he can have us believe that whatever it is that we're, we're called to do outside of our comfort zone um, is too scary, that we're ill-equipped or we're inadequate, then we're not going to walk in our purpose. We're not going to walk in our calling because it's just too darn scary. So listen to a little bit of this parable of the talents. So we're probably all familiar with the parable of the talents, right? Uh, um, And when I say talent, a talent was actually a sum of money. It was worth like more than a thousand dollars. Okay. It just happens to make so much sense in, in the use of talents like gifts. Okay. But in the Bible, in its original context, Uh, And the use of talent was money. Okay, and so we know that this master um, in the parable gave five talents of money to one. He gave um, another two talents to another dude, and he gave one talent to another guy. Okay, so the Bible says that after a long time, um, the master of those servants returned, and he wanted to know what is it that these servants did with the talents of money that he gave them. with the talents of money that he entrusted, the Bible uses the word entrusted them with. Okay. And so he comes back and, you know, the first servant is like, you know, look, master, um, here's the five that you entrusted me with. And here's five more, you, you know, and see, I've gained five more. He says, and the master's like, well done, good and faithful servant. And then the dude who got two talents was like, look, master, you entrusted me with two I've gained two more. And, you know, the master's like, well done. And then the other dude who had the one talent, listen to what he said. He said, master, I knew that you were a hard man. You were harvesting where you had not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. Keyword. He said, I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See here is what belongs to you. We don't want to be this dude. He says, you, okay, the master says, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would at least have received it back with interest. He says, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 more, who has 10 talents for everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have 
even what he has will be taken from him and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow, that's, wow. And so here's the thing. The dude with the one talent, nowhere do we read, nowhere do we read that the master's character was one that was hard, that was selfish, and that, you know, it's like, where did you get those those character attributes from? You know, obviously this is a parable, um, but it speaks to a truth. It speaks to some of us who think this way. See, he viewed the master as a perceived threat, and that influences our motives. It influences um, how we act. But everything that he had believed about this master was not even true. So in essence, he acted or his failure to act and, and invest in what was entrusted to him was based on unsubstantiated fear. It was based on unsubstantiated fear. He had no proof, no evidence that this was how the master was. He just assumed that. He anticipated, remember we talked about that? We an, he anticipated what the master would do. So my question to you and even to me is, will you let fear cost you what God has entrusted you? I don't think so. So stay tuned because part two, I'm going to be bringing in a little bit more practicality, how to identify your fears and a couple more points, because I am serious about not letting fear punk me or you anymore. I'm hoping that um, you learned what the original intent of fear was, its original design and purpose in our lives. So fear, so it takes the edge off a little bit and you don't, and you won't allow fear to bully you anymore. Well, that's all for now. If you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Got a question? Hop on liverev.org and click Ask Vanessa. And remember to think, feel, and live revolutionary. revolutionary.